0: what is going on lovely people welcome to another episode of the Editorial podcast i'm nikki
1: and this is chris coming at you with 814 hours of walking time between us
0: chris chris tell me what's new tell me what's popping.
1: Uh, yeah. I guess I can start with uh, I had like a proper existential crisis yesterday. Like, oh shit. Yeah, it was really. It's quite funny. I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, I walked into the living room sort of after waking up, and uh, my mom has my degree hung in like a very ostentatious wood frame uh, right. As soon as you walk into the living room, and I—I I guess I saw it, and like every sort of like triggered memory from my time at U of T, like all came flooding back to me all at once. That's not good. Super <laughs> funny because I was like, "Oh my god, I feel like I have a paper due or something." And then I was like, "Like I'm almost three years old. Like why am I freaking out about this?" I graduated university like a thousand years ago, and I was—that uh, was like a whole other wave of ridiculousness because I was like, "I should have been." you know, in a well established job somewhere on King Street. What am I even doing with my life right now? I should That's have
0: some Heavy shit.
1: <laughs> it was I I was cackling at the end of it because I was like, I should have been Margaret Atwood by now. I should have put out two books already. But
0: some yeah. other people have <laughs> other dreams, but okay.
1: Yeah, I mean at this point, if you had asked me when I was like eighteen and going into into my first year, I would have been like, yeah, by like 25, I will have moved to LA and I would be at a writer's table working for Michael Shore on an NBC pilot project, but to almost be 30 and have not accomplished a good chunk of what I set out to is like a little disheartening and it sort of like hit me this week. I may or may mm-hmm. not have hatched out of an egg <laughs> <laughs> Uh, earlier this week on the commemorative anniversary, uh, it was my hatch day not too long ago, so it, it sort of put everything into perspective, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's getting real right now. It's getting real." Mm. Yeah, I got hatch day woes. The big three zero
0: is daunting. Yeah, sort
1: of. Yeah, sort of. I, not even sort of. Like I, I think I feel it sometimes. You know, with like a throwaway comment, my parents will have about oh, yeah, are you going to stay at the store forever? Or uh, are you going to – Are you know, we love children. We're great with kids. And I'm like, congratulations. Good for you.
0: Oh, uh, that's uh, if, information that I did not need. Thank you very exactly, much. Exactly.
1: To get along with my day-to-day life. It's just like sometimes it sneaks up on you. Uh, and, like, I haven't been able to write anything for, like, the last day because of it. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm trapped in my head now. It's a little bit weird. It's weird to sort of be in this area in your in your life where you're like past the point where you should be done with all your bullshit in your adolescence. And like, mm-hmm. you should be like well-established. And, you know, we've been force-fed like that master narrative growing up of like, At 30, your parents, you know, already were married, owned property, owned a car, had a really Mm. well paying job, was putting away for like retirement, was probably thinking about their third kid at this point. Right. Um, And, you know, you're here and you're like, I cooked ramen noodles for lunch. I saved. Achievement (laughs) unlocked. (laughs) I saved like $20 because I didn't order something off of Uber Eats. (laughs) (laughs) Like. I managed to boil water successfully. Level up. Yeah. It's very, it's weird to sort of be in this space, this liminal space where like, you know, you should be an adult, but you're like, no, I'm just an overgrown child.
0: I get, I kind of get that. I do. I think for the both of us growing up in in Asian households, oh yeah. it is definitely always a topic that will be brought up. Time and time again, by our parents, mm-hmm. whether it be on purpose or not, it just is brought up. Well, I mean, recently, my mom's friends back in China, their kids. I think one of, I think one or two of them, uh, their kids got married uh, already, oh. like last year or the year before. So she gave me crap about that and how I was still single. And then this year, they had children. So. Her friends, yeah, so my mom has friends who are grandparents, and that kind of just was the only thing she could talk about for a little while, was not only do you not have a boyfriend, but all of my friends' kids already have kids, so they're grandparents, and they're living the life, like, taking care of grandkids. I'm like, you always complained how much of a shit show I was when I was a baby, so
1: Exactly, and now you want that again?
0: Yeah, how does that make any fucking sense? I don't understand. And also, how did you, what is your timeline so that I understand? Because you <laughs> wanted me to be single and not focus on boys when I was in school and university yes. until I got a job. And then now that I got a job, I'm focused on my career. I'm ready to make bank. And I'm like at the peak of earning, you know, capabilities. And you want me to get knocked up? Where am I going to find a husband put by my the time? Life
1: on pause. Exactly.
0: Where did you expect me to find a husband <laughs> in between this time, in between these, you know, this little gap in my timeline where it was like, yes. I'm finished school and now I have a career. Where was I supposed to find a man, uh, convince him to marry me? And then yes. also now, now you expect me to be ha- like having children when I'm busy here making money. How does that yeah, work? Yeah,
1: and it's like I don't understand. It feels like they don't understand that it, it has to be one or the other. It's near impossible to to earn what they were earning at that period of time, mm-hmm. whilst like trying to pay off student loans and like trying to save money for your own future and your own backbone, and and also put away for like an imaginary family. That doesn't make any sense to me. It has to be like one or the other. It's like establish yourself as a human being or start getting ready with strollers and diapers and all the other things that human larvae need to survive. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense because I'm like, you want me to be making the money, but then I can't save the money for later on when I want to retire and not have to work if I have to then provide for offspring.
0: Oh, no, my mom answered that question for me before. Really? And she said, Well, yeah, your husband's going to pay for everything and you're not, and you're not going to work, right? You're going to just stop working because that's what she did, right? In order to raise the three of us, she stopped working after I was born and my dad provided for the family. See, the problem with that is my dad's a wonderful man, but you know, should he not have been a wonderful man? And if he cheated on my mom, my mom's crippled. There's no way she'd be financially okay to leave. Independent,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: I had a conversation with my girlfriend about this before too, where she said, I want to make sure that I'm financially okay and that... Yes, we have some shared savings, but majority of my money is still mine. Exactly. Because I don't want to be put in that position where I feel like I have to leave, but I can't.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Like I think a big thing about me personally is I need to make sure that I'm set. Like I never wanted to rely on anybody. I need to make sure that I was prepared in case of any sort of situation. So I also have an autoimmune disease, which sometimes means that I can't work for periods of time if I have a a flare up and then I'm bedridden for a few weeks until I'm like sorted. Uh, My last stint was like three weeks in a hospital where I like couldn't go to work. And I always need to make sure that I have backup savings for when the next flare up happens. It's Mm -hmm. there's no cure for what I have. So it's managed. So I know that the next flare up will happen and I might not be Mm -hmm. able to work for a few weeks. I need to make sure that like I can pay for my medication. I can pay for my bills. I can make sure that if my parents are short of anything, I can pay for anything that they need, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And I'm like to have to depend on someone else to take care of me while I'm sick is absolutely not an option absolutely mm. not. So the idea of putting a way to save myself, let alone to provide for offspring is not an option for me. Not even a little bit.
0: Does that actually take a toll on you being able to have children?
1: I think emotionally and mentally, not physically, but like I wouldn't ever want to see someone suffer with the pain that I suffer with. Um, And there would be Mm. like at least, I think, a 75% chance of me passing this on. Oh. I would never want someone else to suffer with this at all. So I think just...
0: I didn't know that it was... Is it hereditary?
1: It is hereditary. I didn't know it was until recently I was reading uh my wonderful doctor's book where it's a trait it's like a gene trait that is sometimes recessive but oh. because I'm have dominant traits there's a good chance of it getting passed on I and see. like the idea mm-hmm. of that is like treacherous to me I'm like no no one needs to suffer with this I'm, I'll handle it for everyone I'm chill
0: but like in our last episode you kind of We briefly Mm -hmm. touched on this subject and you didn't want to have children anyways, right?
1: Yeah. This just sort of like was the nail in the coffin for it. I was like, oh, now I have an actual like logical and medical reason why I shouldn't need to justify having children. There you go. There it is.
0: Even if it wasn't like a medical reason, there's a lot of us that are hitting the age of Mm -hmm. almost twenty like end of 20s mm-hmm. into our 30s or even past that that realize hey you know what I don't want children children that's terrify totally okay. me
1: they absolutely okay. terrify <laughs> me they are little eggs that have been poached if you even slightly just like didn't put enough vinegar in the water when you poach them they'll just like explode it takes such a little thing to like mess up children And I'm like, no, there's too many like external factors that your children could grow up and become serial killers. If you just do like one small minuscule thing Mm. in their childhood, I don't want to be responsible for raising a Ted Bundy. Oh, God. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I want no part of that. I would just rather I'm like, you know what? I'm chilling out. I'm cool. You guys raise your kids. I will be super cool auntie. I will break them out of school. I will take them for ice cream. I will take them to Toys R Us. I will buy them whatever Hot Wheels, Lego, whatever they want, and then send them Mm -hmm. on their merry way. That is all. Mm. I don't want any part of that child rearing more than that.
0: You'll be the cool auntie, Chris. Yeah.
1: I want to be like cool auntie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get that. Um, Yeah. I've always said that I I didn't want to have – well – I said that I wanted to be a nun, a monk. So that (laughs) children was out of the question for me for the longest time. And I keep hearing it. And it sucks that you come to a realization that I don't know. I don't know if other people have, but I have. I've I've come to the realization that now that I'm in my late 20s, almost 30, that a lot of the shit that my mom or my dad, my parents have said before, all of it's starting to make sense now. And I don't know if it's... I don't know if I'm happy about that or if it actually makes me sad that they were right this entire time about all these things. But then they don't even say, I told you so, because they know that it's eating you on the inside that you Mm -hmm. know that they were right. And so my mom's always like, You just haven't like they say the most cliche things. You just haven't met the right guy. Like you just haven't met the guy that you want to have children. When you meet somebody You'll know when you love them and you'll know that that's the next step that you want to take, right? You can't Mm -hmm. say that now. You change change your mind so many times in the course of your life or you change – even your taste buds change. I used to say that I don't like sweet stuff. I really don't like sweet stuff until the guy that I've been seeing recently – He's like, you say that you don't like sweet stuff, but you always tell me that you want ice cream and you always (laughs) tell me that you want bubble tea. So how is that not sweet stuff? I'm like, but I don't like chocolate. He's like, yeah, but that's that's besides the point. You always say that you want ice cream. So how does that make sense? And I find myself (laughs) now going into my cupboard and I'll be looking for snacks and instead of reaching for my bag of all-dressed chips, maybe today I'll go for a fruit gummy. Ooh. I don't know. See, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of time. like, you change your your preferences so much that you never really know. And, you know, I want to keep an open mind, never mm-hmm. say never, right? But I, I, I have a lot of doubt in me and capabilities of unconditional love, I think that, like, you're right, Chris, just the most minuscule things can totally fuck up a child. I don't want to have the responsibility yes. of raising another human than then trying my hardest to teach them to be a role model citizen and have them grow up and want to give back to society and volunteer and donate money to, you know, World Vision or something <laughs> like that and have them actually grow up and be like, I don't know, a druggie, you know, or like, what if you can't control the friends that they're with, you know,
1: I just don't want them to be a serial killer or a cult leader. I just don't want them to be either of those things.
0: That's a very low bar.
1: <laughs> I know. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like with my weird tendencies, there's a good chance of that potentially happening. Oh, okay. I'm going to read them T.S. Eliot when they're a kid, and they're gonna, they're just going to be a, a messed up little cretin, and, and there we go. I'm like, I want no responsibility for this. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to re- mess up everyone else's kids. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to read all of their kids T.S. Eliot, and it's going to be wonderful. At least you'll read my kids
0: something if I have a kid. I don't think I'll read them anything.
1: I'm just letting you know they're going to know The Wasteland inside and out. They're going to be able to recite The Love Song of for Proof Rock. Your kids
0: are going to be a little bit weird. Was any of that English? I didn't understand anything. It, it
1: definitely was. Oh, okay, it, it, okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <gasps> it's all fine. You'll hear about it from your kids in a few years. It's going to be great.
0: What if I – I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I honestly don't know if I'll have kids. When I – my mind has changed so many times in high school mm-hmm. i was talking i would talk to my friend my friends and and be like this is my plan guys okay so i'm going to finish high school i'm going to go to university i'm going to Uh, major in fine art. I'm going to go to UBC for for a teaching degree, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a high school art teacher. That was my plan. That's why I went to Emily Carr. I was going to be a high school art teacher, and I was going to be married at the age 25, have my first kid Mm -hmm. at 27, you know, and then hopefully my husband, uh, my lover, my partner, (laughs) your partner would be, you know, we would be a synchronized team, you know, And, and be able to provide each other with the comfort, love, security, all of that, and have a beautiful family, right? I am now 27 turning 28 soon, Mm -hmm. and I can't be further from that. Like, I want to be further from that as well. I can't imagine... If I got married at twenty-five and if I had a kid at twenty-seven, which was which is this year, by the way, I'm ending my twenty-seventh year as a human.
1: Yes. If
0: I had a kid now, holy shit, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. If I found out I was pregnant, I would probably run into the corner of a table.
1: Yeah. As crazy oh. as that sounds, as harsh as that sounds. Yeah, I feel that.
0: Undo a wired clothes hanger oh and just God, shove I- it up there, Chris.
1: Jesus Christ. There is, it's so
0: scary. It's so scary. It's terrifying. You're responsible for, you know, well, I shouldn't say that though, because I know people who are younger than me and they're great mothers. They're
1: insanely amazing mothers. I know there's one shout out to Chantel and Christina. They're out there raising a son. They recently got married. They've been together forever. And I can't think of a more loving, caring set of parents than those two are. And I'm like, power couple, power couple. Oh my God. Their wedding, insane, gorgeous. It was beautiful. I was like, I love these two weirdos. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how they make it happen. And like Chantel's still in school. Christina's working a couple different jobs, still pursuing what she wants to do all while raising a family. Mm. And I'm like, I'm in complete awe of you guys because there are days where I will scroll through Uber Eats for a half hour, not being able to decide what I want to eat. (laughs) But you guys are literally raising a charming, wonderful, funny little boy while like figuring out your own lives in the process. Are you bleeding kidding me? It makes me feel very insignificant and small and a little bit of a brat sometimes because I'm like, oh man, I'm not in LA writing at a table right now when, you know, there are actually people struggling and like accomplishing sort of like those timelines that we had set out for ourselves all those years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just here like having a panic attack looking at my degree like it's nothing.
0: (laughs) Oh, right.
1: Yeah. The degree. Oh, my God. My useless piece of very expensive paper wrapped in mahogany wood that glares at me from a distance consistently.
0: My certificate is shoved to the back of a cabinet somewhere. My mom's just like, whatever. I've given up on you. But that's okay because I make money from my job. See?
1: There you go. I love
0: my job. I make good money. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I make okay money. (laughs) I make all right money. I
0: have to say that I'm pretty proud of myself. Like, there's no measurement for success because everybody's definition of success is different. Yes. But in terms of me and what I wanted to accomplish, being able to hit a six-figure, you know, income at my age is definitely something that I wasn't foreseeing for my future when I was younger. And the fact that it Mm. happened – I'm proud of myself. Like, I I think that a lot of people have to take the time to see where they came from or the hard work that they had put in their, you know, relentless work ethics to get to where they are. And props to those people. Um, And yeah, be proud of yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Don't stay humble, though. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? I look myself in the mirror every day and I'm like, literally, you are you are the greatest that you will ever be so like just oh no i'm kidding i just sit i I stand in front of the mirror and i'm like this is fine this is
0: (laughs) i guess i can work with this today this is
1: fine this is all right this is okay when i describe you i'm like yeah my pal in vancouver who's like this badass boss lady uh she's pretty great got a mouth on her and she makes me cringe all the time i got a mouth on me Ooh." you sure do Uh, get your head out of the gutter oh my god i just caught that (laughs) jesus christ i like how you're
0: so like it takes you a moment to to react (laughs) to some things that i say because
1: i never catch it it's not like the first thing that comes to my head
0: of course not because it's not part of your daily just intake of i don't know no the people around you probably are just not as crazy as i am I guess the question that I have for you is whether or not your 20s turned out to be the way that you thought it would, now that we're almost hitting 30.
1: Um, Definitely not, but also in the best way possible. I never thought that leaving U of T with my degree that I would... Then be writing comedy with people that I love. I've met amazing people. i worked with insane people. And the people I met in my twenties became the people I'm gonna keep in my life forever. Mm. Those suckers are stuck with me for the rest of their lives. So I quickly realized that as far from what my original plan was, I quickly became someone that I became even more proud of than I thought I would have been uh, when I was 16. I'm very, very happy with sort of the the conglomeration of who I became as an as a full, full well as close to full form adult mm. as possible. Right on. Okay. Yeah. I also would not imagine for the people who are getting married. I'm at the point now where I'm like, "You know what? I'm like kosher being alone." I don't know. The idea of monogamy sitting by myself with someone in like separate rooms of my house for like the next 40 years as we like tolerate each other until we die is like becoming more and more like far-fetched to me the older I get.
0: That's funny that you bring up monogamy because that's literally one of the episodes that I watched on Explained. I previously mentioned that there is a series on Netflix that I'm obsessed with and it's called Explained. You're such a documentary nerd. I love oh, it. I I love stand-up comedy <laughs> and I love watching just somebody explain something to me with visuals, right? Like if it, it's just like an upgraded PowerPoint, really.
1: So many facets to you as a as a person. I love it so Aww. much.
0: Yes, I'm a complex human being, okay?
1: It's so great. Not
0: just a pretty face.
1: You're okay? an onion, so many layers.
0: But yeah, there was this episode on (laughs) monogamy, the subject of monogamy and how it's just a far-fetched idea because if you think about it, back in the day, how you got married for power, okay? There was the different regimes. There was different powerful families that married their offspring to create alliances Into build a bigger empire, right? Yes. And that was what it was. It wasn't marrying, it wasn't marriage for love. That wasn't a thing. And then it was a business contract. Exactly. And then tie in later on the idea of only dedicating yourself to one person for the rest of your life. And that is the ultimate expression of love. See, for me, I don't see those two being necessarily having to be together you can love somebody deeply and not be monogamous and you can also be monogamous with somebody but also not love them right yeah because it's I'm not gonna lie there are and and I'm sure everybody knows this that men cheat women cheat if anything actually women cheat a lot we just don't get caught (laughs) like as much as men do right? Oh my god. (laughs) No, it is. It is true. We no, that's fair. Everybody has thoughts about other people. It's whether or not you act on those thoughts that distinguish you from being a good person or a bad person and not necessarily are cheaters bad people. They just Mm -hmm. made bad decisions. I think that a lot of people have mistaken the idea of monogamy being like i love you so much that this is this is it i can i will only be with you and you will only be with me and that kind of pressure sometimes to think that you can't do anything wrong might be crippling mm-hmm. and and it could lead to people wanting to stray right
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like that in just day to day life, you know, you have to commit to a deadline that you have to get something done by and you're just like, the pressure of this deadline is too much. I'm gonna, I don't know, watch Netflix for a half Mm -hmm. hour and then I'm gonna go and, you know, make myself a snack and then I'm gonna clean literally every room in my house with a toothbrush Mm -hmm. on the floor so I could just kill four hours. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like 15 minutes and then you have to get this thing done and you're freaking out. Yeah. Uh, But you've done literally everything else but actually deal with the pressure. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, I get it. It's psychologically, it makes sense. I don't know. But like, I've also committed this thing to myself where like, that's pretty much what it has to be for me. This is the vow and like the life that I've chosen. But there are some days where I'm like, why does it have to involve someone else? Like, I could just do this for myself. Like, I could just go and be a nun out, you know, a monastery and just live my best life. Right. You know, tending to a garden and writing all day and all night and not have to involve anybody else. And there are just days where like, do you technically have to be monogamous to like a person, an idea, uh, a lifestyle. It's just a little bit. It's a lot. It's a lot to think about some days in terms of like where we are in our lives and like what those expectations were set out for us, especially now with changing generational and cultural things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. For first generation Asian Canadians, it's, a lot
0: to think about, especially when your parents Mm -hmm. still come from that old mindset of you should get married, you should have children, and your children should have children, right? And here I provided everything Mm -hmm. for you so that you have the means to do so because I didn't. We suffered. We went through all the hardships to get you where you are today, well-educated, well-fed, you know, and this is the next logical step. But there's a lot of people who don't want that. Or yeah, for me at least, I thought I maybe I'm incapable of commitment because I don't want to ever hurt somebody if I had if I had doubts, right? Yeah, and I, those thoughts will always be with me. Yeah, if I and I'm gonna be real with it, I think just now that I've learned more about myself, I just learned to be more honest and truthful. So the best that you could do is tell your partner, right? Hey, look, I met somebody and I found them really attractive or I had thoughts about this person and let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of not being able to talk about it is the problem. If the guy that I'm seeing now comes up to me one day and says, hey, Nikki, actually," Um, I've been thinking about somebody else, right? There's been somebody else in my mind uh, lately. And, 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 and like, I, I just wanted to tell you. I would appreciate that way more than if I had to find out. And, mm-hmm. or if, you know, by the miracle of whatever, that I happen to stumble upon this information that I prior didn't know about, that would suck for me.
1: Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And I mean, if you really think, oh, I'm going to pull out some, like, grade 12 AP bioscience on you, get ready for this. Ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready. The way that, like, the human condition was, like, sort of evolved it was so that, you know, survival of the fittest, you mated with a whole bunch of people and, like, the strongest of, you know, your genetic material got passed on and created, you right? Mean like, sperm, Chris? You, you you meant to say sperm? Well, I meant on both sides. So, and eggs, too. Oh, right. Gosh. Okay. Um, a
0: genetic material. I'm like, okay, there, yes, professor. So it's
1: like, it's oh, good <sighs> lord, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, if, if it's it's inherent, right? It's mm-hmm. like you want to. We were made. Well, we evolved in such a way with that. You partner with a bunch of people, and then the strongest of the genetic material ends up procreating, mm. and their genes get passed on, and uh, that way you create you know a tribe that's gonna outlast the winter uh when you're crossing the plains as you're you know following food when we were hunter-gatherers right Mm -hmm. so it's like that evolutionary genetic makeup still exists in our lizard brains somewhere
0: oh yeah we haven't really developed that far off from
1: Uh, from evolution
0: if you think about why do men find? Well, not all men, but why do most men find women with tiny waists, big hips, huge titties attractive? There is a science behind that. If you have yeah, wide set-
1: childbearing, exactly, <laughs> like,
0: exactly. Yeah. If you have wide set hips, it means that you can bear children, right? Easy, and that, yeah. And if you have huge titties, you can feed you can feed your child right? Yeah. So it comes down to a lot of these um, things that are innate within us that I think we don't pay attention to enough. And in this explained episode, it does touch up upon that humans really, and only a handful of mammals, are actually monogamous. Most of the animals out there are not. Like, take example, the bonobos they fuck anything that walks. <laughs> they have sex to say hello they have sex to say bye they have sex when they're frustrated and oh they have God. multiple partners and whichever sperm is the strongest in you know in the female that one is the one that gets the kid and also this ties into another segment of the show where they said that there is a tribe I don't remember where this tribe was but these people in this tribe, the woman, they sleep with multiple men in the village, and when they have a baby, mm-hmm. the the father of the child is every single man that the woman slept with when she was pregnant. Okay, right, and also they made a like this was just so mind blowing because, uh, part of the episode they said in this village, then if there was a crying child, you yeah. know, just on the side of the the road there in their village, uh, if there was a crying child, a passing male right would pick him up or pick the kid yeah. up because these children are the children of the village they're not singled out to be only that family's child like that's not your
1: child. exactly it's our
0: exactly child. it's the child okay. of the village and it's like a it's a whole pack thing right so okay. i think that that's so cool but not saying that like see it would be fucking weird here if a stranger walked by you and your kid's crying next to you and he picked it up right that's weird but i'm um, but it's interesting <laughs> no, to that's see jail time that is <laughs> that is kidnapping. Tra- <laughs> but it's interesting <laughs> to see that there is a different concept of what a family is a different concept yeah. of what love looks like and it different concept of what monogamy is
1: yeah honestly i'm not gonna lie i didn't get past the bonobos because all i could think about was like you narrating like a bbc documentary oh my (laughs) god as crassly as possible (laughs) oh god
0: i do love my planet earth documentaries though oh my gosh there was that one about all the coral reefs that were dying oh i like i actually shed a tear it Yeah, I can't me. watch that
1: stuff. I like, I ugly cry too easily. Like when things come to like nature and animals, I'm just yeah. like, I'm goo. I will turn to goo so quickly.
0: Uh, this is why, this is one of the reasons why I became a pescatarian, that I, I only eat fish and, and vegetables and I don't eat meat. It's actually so sad to see these cute piggies and cows being packed, and chickens, okay, chickens are not cute, but, like, packed all together (laughs) in, like, these small little spaces... And they're just all herded up into the slaughterhouse. It's so sad. That's not the only reason, but that's one of the reasons. So the other reasons is like, you know, global uh, economical footprint, you know, all of the yeah. methane that's released into the air because of agriculture and just all the resources of fresh water, um, growing feed to feed the cows and pigs so that the cows and pigs in turn feed us. It's just a lot. It was a lot for me. So I decided to go pescatarian in December. So I've been, it's been now six months that I've been on this new diet and it's been nice. And I don't really miss it. Only the times that I really miss Korean barbecue, it's like a thing.
1: You're a saint because I could try, but. I can't do it. Like I can not eat meat for periods of time, but PMS will come along and I'm like, dude, I'd, I'd kill a man for a steak right now. I'd, I'd kill a man in the street without even batting an eyelash. If someone would just give me like a medium rare prime rib, like I would be stoked.
0: Chris likes that meat.
1: Oh <laughs> man, come on. Hey, you set yourself
0: Jesus up for price. that one.
1: Oh, I I keep forgetting that I have to be so careful. I have to mince words with you. Around me. Yes. Around me. Yeah. You should get
0: used to it. Yeah. You should get used to it.
1: I know. I keep forgetting that your mind, like, just has permanent residence in the gutter.
0: Yeah. So- <laughs> I'm a classy lady. So okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, the classiest broad. She's a classy broad, this one.
0: You can. <laughs> you would never know. You would never know looking at me
1: i'm so pretty. she has such an innocent face this one
0: it's only because i literally (laughs) don't have any makeup on right now no lashes no contour i i have no nails okay since this quarantine it's been a rough quarantine trademark ping so rough okay that (laughs) and you know and here's another thing i'm i'm so happy or not well, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm so happy that the guy that I've been seeing hasn't ghosted
1: me yet, seeing oh my me God. in my current state. You have a winning personality, so I feel he lucked out regardless. You're fine. Aw, thank you.
0: I, but I literally straight up yeah. told him, I said, do you feel catfished? Because... Do you feel
1: catfished? Yeah, oh
0: man, I don't look anything like the pictures I posted on the app when I originally totally met him. You
1: totally do. Stop. I've seen some of your Facebook po- not Facebook, Instagram photos. You look fine. You look like so yourself. So
0: different. It's so different. I'm like, are you sick of the the quarantine, Nikki? By now, you mean
1: quarantine? No, quarantine. Nikki. No, Chris.
0: It's not going to oh. be a thing. Okay, like how fetch I was need, never a thing. I need to thing. make this happen. No. Oh gosh.
1: Can you just let me have this? I'm just gonna
0: mean girl out on <laughs> you, okay? Never, we're never having that. But I'm like, <laughs> no, no concealer, no contour, so you really see the shape of my nose for the first time, okay? Like, oh my god, uh, I don't have any like so sunk in cheekbones like you thought that I did, and no, my eyelids are not naturally a shade of like mulberry brown, okay? <laughs> And my eye- my eyebrows are not always on fleek, naturally. Jesus. I so, mean, yeah.
1: I just always look like a mess every day. So at least like you, have oh, you the set the of-
0: expectation.
1: Yeah, I'm like, here, here it is, guys. It's as good as it's going to get on any given day. I have the skincare, I've mentioned this. I have the skincare regimen of like a 13-year-old teenage boy. I Bar soap. I I use like charcoal bar soap. Yeah, it works. Right, it does the thing. I like moisturize my face mm-hmm. with like some tinted moisturizer because I'm lazy. It's got some SPF in there. Yeah, some mascara, some, some chap SPF. Yeah, it's got like 20 SPF in there. It's fine. It's, just, it's, it's like always cloudy That's totally in Toronto. Not right now. enough for Toronto.
0: Toronto scorching sun <laughs> in the summertime. Well, in the summertime, it it time, I'll enough. put like
1: some like active copper tone active spray. Get some of that on your face. Get some chapstick, some mascara. Not on your face. Out the door. You're set. Oh. See, I told you, like, oh. s- people in Sephora cringe when I walk in there because I'm like, hi, do you have like a-, a chapstick that'll like moisturize, but also like have color? And they're like, oh, child, you poor thing. <laughs> have you ever gotten a facial? No. But why? I got soap for that and cream and moisturizer. They like,
0: you know clean out all your pores and strip away all the dead skin and you know
1: i got an exfoliating bar for that no there's like like they my, have to my put charcoal like s- soaps chunky
0: no, no no they have to put like <laughs> serums and like serums. essences what? and stuff on you
1: no you know. that seems like superfluous that seems like a lot wow
0: okay well <laughs> the next the next time you're in vancouver i'm, I'm taking you to one it feels good
1: I don't know how I feel about that. I want people touching me in my face. Oh,
0: I don't like people touching me in my face, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't like getting my hair washed when I go and get it cut. I'm like, can we just, like, make this quick? Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't do – I have this weird spot in the back of my neck where <laughs> I'm, I'm not ticklish, okay? But when things get near it – that one spot in the back of my neck, I will go into fetal position. It is, (laughs) it's the most, I don't know how to describe it, but it's the most like sour feeling. So I have this one hairstylist I've been going to him for the past two and a half years. He's the Mm -hmm. only person who can touch my hair now. He's been doing all my color and my cuts for the past two and a half years. And I get so many compliments. So many compliments. If you're looking Mm -hmm. for a good hairstylist, somebody who does color right, uh, who gets Asian hair, go visit Yuki in uh, Richmond Center. Nice. Uh, I've gotten so many compliments. I've even gotten compliments from like aunties and like just random older that. ladies at the gym that I go to. Uh, and they're like, oh what I'm is- sorry, you have
1: aunties and older ladies that go to your gym?
0: Oh, I go That's to the amazing. I go to the Richmond Oval and there's um these yoga classes and a bunch of middle aged Asian women go there to do yoga and they'll be in the change room and they'll be like in Mandarin, right? Oh, like, where did you get your hair done? Like, I really like that hair color. Like, what's that hair color? And I That's would so have I would have Yuki's business card on hand all the time. And I'll be like, go to him. <laughs> go to this guy and yeah. ask for Ash Brown. Do it.
1: Yeah, I have a gal. She's the only reason, like, I will plug for Xana to the day I die. We work together at La Ash and M a hundred years ago. Like I trained the poor girl. Um, And then she like went to the Aveda salon and became like this amazing hairstylist. And I was like, I don't trust anybody but you. You know that I don't like to be touched. You do everything just the way that I like it. You're easygoing. I love you so much. I will send anybody to her all day. I just like I pimp out her Instagram. Like you won't. Yeah. Leave. So Yuki knows that I have I'm like,
0: I want to see you thrive. this weird spot in the back of my neck. And That's every so time funny. he's going to cut and like thin out the back of my hair, he'll pause for a little bit because he knows that I'm gonna do this little twitch thing with my with my shoulders. And also when the lady who shampoos my my hair afterwards, uh-huh, Yuki will be standing in the in the corner just smirking because he knows I'm in pain like I my whole face is like cringed together and I'm trying to hold back my twitches because it's just it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. how how much this little weird spot in the back of my neck affects my entire body so no that's fair I forgot what we were talking about but like you know nobody gets near there
1: no, that's totally okay. We were talking about not liking people touching us, so yeah, that's totally that's totally fair. Farzana, oh yeah, okay, it's all good.
0: Short term memory, sorry, it's all
1: good. Farzana knows she she will always like yell at me to put my head in her hands when I'm like bent over because I always will hold myself up, and she's like, "I need you to let go and just like let me do this for you." I'm like, "I don't know how." I need <laughs> you to trust me, okay. <laughs> It's just a lot of me, like, ugly crying as she's washing things out of my face. It's very funny. It's very great. Go to Farzana Bashar for all of your hair care needs if you're in Toronto. She's great and amazing. We'll
0: plug her uh, information on our Instagram page. Yes. And, and as well as
1: Yuki's, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, plug Yuki's as well. It's gonna be great. And then you guys can look great when your quarantine is over. Quarantine, guys, when your quarantine is oh, over. Oh, yeah.
0: I got my haircut and tone right before everything shut down. I'm
1: so jealous. I look like a shaggy Muppet right now, and I'm, like, dying.
0: I'm going to send you some of this uh, purple shampoo. I
1: already have. I got some. Do you? I got it. I'm good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I just always look like a Muppet. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No, no. No, no, no.
0: We all look like Muppets at this point, okay? I just almost ugly cried a little bit earlier because I just got a text message from my nail salon that I also do my lashes at that BC has pushed back quarantine for another two weeks or the state of emergency. Um, So they're not going to be opening up until June 1st now when they were going to actually open up May 20th, or sorry, May 19th. So I was like, oh, Great, I'm going to make an appointment. Fucking got an appointment in for lashes and nails and a pedicure on the 20th. I'm like, I'm golden. I'm going to be regular Nikki again. And the guy that I'm seeing is going to be like, hey, you look familiar. So, Oh, my God. I was so stoked Stoked. and then I got the text message and I almost ugly cried. This sucks, honestly.
1: Yeah, the same thing happened in Toronto. It it was funny because we were all so excited because there was like all these rumors happening where people were like, the salons are going to be opening up because we're having like a three-phase opening system. Mm -hmm, So like mm -hmm, the first mm -hmm. phase will be like marinas and parks and big outdoor spaces. And everybody was like, Salons are going to be part of phase one. And then Doug Ford fully, he's our premier, fully said in a Q&A with reporters, he's like, yeah, well, I live in a house with five girls. Let me tell you, I hear about it every single day. It's not happening anytime soon. Cool? Great. Like, that was the end of the comment on it. I was like, I just need a haircut. This is terrible. I haven't had my hair this long since I was 14 years old. This is too much.
0: I can see the tip of my thumb for the first time in like <laughs> two years. Oh it's my been... God it's been a while. Like, yikes. I can actually hold stuff down on the cutting board while I'm using a knife.
1: This is a whole <gasps> I'm new thing. Crying. I'm not. Yeah, I've like cut all of my cuticles down myself. Like I've just hacked them to death. It's I cry every time I have to use hand sanitizer because it stings. It's so funny.
0: Ooh,
1: ew. <laughs> it's my hack job manicure yeah I mean, speaking of all of this, all of these girly topics, we had a question from a lovely listener about girl code. What is it? oh is is the question? Yeah, do we want to take this take this down? We got time for a question, right, right. So what is girl code? Nikki, you want to take this
0: one away? What is girl code? Um, don't steal somebody's man. Yeah, that's like the most basic one that's probably the first one that comes to mind like if that guy is cuffed do not stick your nose in that even though he tempts you there are see I think that a lot of women get misled because they don't know first of all the men don't tell them that he's in a relationship because I think they want to feel it out and they want to see if the opportunity is there. And then if the Mm -hmm. opportunity is there, then they kind of pursue them. But at the same time, they might not want to let go of what's familiar to them and and what's comfortable for them right now that has become Mm -hmm. habitual, right? Say that they've been in a relationship for a while and he got bored or whatever and he wants something a little bit exciting, a little bit new, and he kind of tests the water out a little bit, right? So the moment that you find out that he is with somebody. I Then you have to make a very clear boundary and just cut it, right? Make sure that yeah. you set him straight and say, hey, look, you have a girlfriend. I'm not okay with the way that you talk to me because I would hate it if my significant other was talking and flirting or whatever it is. That yeah. type of behavior with someone else. That's not okay.
1: Yes. Basically the golden rule, right? It's do unto yeah. others as you would have done unto you. That just with other women, just be kind to each other and be respectful to each other and tell each Mm -hmm. other that you look great when you pass each other in the subway. Be like, girl, your shoes is popping. Yo, where did you get that sweatshirt? It's sick. You know, Mm -hmm. just be kind to each other. Be awesome. Appreciate each other. Yeah. We don't have enough of that. Yeah. Do that more often. For
0: sure. We don't have enough of that. There's a time when I remember somebody saying to me once that it's so unfair That women get called bossy when they're in a position where they have to make a decision and they have to make, you know, executive decisions, and then men are not called that. You never assertive. Yeah, you never hear somebody saying that their male coworker is bossy. That's only something that you define women with. Yeah, and also a lot of women forget maybe that it's not cool to degrade other women you complain about men degrading women in music videos or whatever you know putting them labeling them and showing them off as hoochie mamas or whatever right but then we do the same thing but just Mm -hmm. it's just not out there as much it's not as prominent but we put each other down too it's it's hard enough being a female. Yeah. Right? Yes. So for example, me and you, Chris, like we're both are have a manage, management title mm-hmm. and we are both in the sales industry. Yes. For me, at least being in the automotive industry, it's a very male dominant. It's like oh, a boys yeah. club. Right? So that being said, I had to prove myself in all these different ways that I deserve this position, that um, I worked hard for this don't undermine mm-hmm. my achievements and what I had to do to get here cuz i wasn't i wasn't handed this on a silver platter right just because you think that i'm a female doesn't mean that it's been easy for me at all we have to remember to uplift each other it's hard enough being a female but being a female in the sales industry or being in the automotive industry where it's definitely really male uh, heavy is very difficult we want to make sure that we support each other and give each other the resources to grow really to grow stronger
1: yeah for sure i mean growing stronger is like a huge thing with what I try to do with my team right now. It's a lot of young women, a lot of young women coming in from university, from high school, sometimes it's their first job, and really just empowering them to to understand that, yeah, they have a space here, they have a home here, they should definitely take advantage of that and learn everything that they can learn. Because like, this is a space where, you know, we can support each other. Mm-hmm. So in terms of Girl Code, it's just, you know, Do you, but, like, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. Just be kind. Of course. Respect each other. Tell another girl she looks dope in the streets. You know, appreciate each other. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of looking at another girl... Being like, oh, her sugar daddy must have bought her that or whatever and jump to conclusions or like, oh, she must not make her own money or oh, blah, blah, blah. And looking at people being like they have those things
1: mm-hmm.
0: and thinking the worst of it, maybe think the opposite. Try to, right? Yeah. That person probably probably worked her ass off to yeah. get that Chanel bag. Holy fuck, maybe she saved a shit ton to get her Louboutins. yeah Maybe it was a gift, Holy fuck, don't be so quick to jump to conclusions. And yes. instead of being envious and jealous of other women, mm-hmm. why don't you look at it as an opportunity to be like, "Hey, what can I learn from this woman? What can I learn from her? What can I what can I see from her habits and and what she does to be successful?" Right? Instead of being like, "Oh, I'm actually super petty and just jealous about she must have gotten that through something else." She probably worked hard. Why don't you see it as what can I do and what does she do and what can I do to follow that so that I can be just as successful?
1: Yeah. Just make it make it as a way, you know, start a conversation with that person. Be like, yo, I think you're really cool. Yeah. Let's have a conversation about how you're so cool and how you got to be so cool. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have to always be
0: the one that's better Than the other person maybe sometimes if you just take a step back and be like there is so much more growing that i have to do maybe this person can help me and propel me forward into uh closer to my goal right yeah
1: that's exactly it yeah that's pretty much girl code i hope that answers your question i think we did it
0: yeah i hope that that answers your question thank you so much for asking that Again, if you have any questions you would like us to answer, if you have any topics that you'd like us to touch upon, please feel free to hit us up on our social media Edit to Real on Instagram and Twitter, edit to realpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Thank yeah. you so much for tuning into this episode of Edit to Real. Stay real. Stay real.